welcome back to the Teening Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, Have you guys checked out the latest issue of our magazine yet? If you missed the last episode or are a new listener, welcome or welcome back. This month's magazine focuses on the performing arts, so music, dance, and theater, and it features some really cool interviews with some teenage writers, as well as an interview with an up-and-coming teen artist named Graciela, so I highly suggest checking it out for free on our website, teenink.com. This week, I wanted to get back to our roots a little bit by focusing on writing. It's certainly not an easy skill to have, and it's often frustrating to either have so much information in your head that you want to get out, or also a completely blank slate in your brain that you can't seem to shake. So whether your medium is poetry, fiction, or nonfiction, writing is a skill that only gets better with practice. So what happens when you have a bad case of writer's block? How can you break down those mental walls and start putting words back on paper? First, I want to say that this is an experience that is so incredibly common among writers, and dare I say it's a bit of a rite of passage. I had a horrible case of writer's block during high school and college, and I feel like the burnout from a heavy school load was mostly to blame. I didn't feel like I had the time or energy to create something outside of what my teachers and professors expected of me, and that overwhelming feeling of self-doubt and anxiety over not creating anything further exacerbated that paralysis of the mind. Getting out of writer's block is a personal journey. It's different for everyone who experiences it. For some people, it can mean putting pen to paper and just writing, 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 seeing whatever flows out. But for others, it can mean taking a step back from the writing desk and gaining new experiences, like going out with friends, taking a mini vacation, or just making yourself a cup of tea. In this episode, we'll hear from several teen writers who detail the rut and how it makes them feel, as well as teens just venting about other issues related to writing, like when your words just don't seem to do your brain justice. But first, I wanted to pull an answer from an author interview on our website about how she deals with writer's block. So this is Kristen R. Lee. She's the writer of Required Reading for the Disenfranchised Freshmen. To combat it? I have just been taking time for myself. I feel like that's something that a lot of the authors don't really um, do. We feel that we have to push out books yearly, and sometimes that's not sustainable. It's okay to take a breath. A breath. It's okay to rest. It's okay to charge. I just turned in um, edits for book two, and my agents told me that I was asking her, okay, so that's how we get started on book three. Let's go. I'm ready to hit the ground. She was like, no, chill. Like, you can you can take a break. I, so I've been, like, watching bad reality TV. I've been going to libraries. I've been going to bookstores. I've been reading things that aren't related to YA. I've been getting inspired in other ways, meeting new people, talking to people. Um, those are all of the ways that I've been combating my writer's block. So what do you do when you have writer's block? How do you feel? The next time you get into that rut, why not write about that feeling and submit it to Teen Inc.? I'm sure almost everyone can empathize with you one way or the other. Now to get us onto our main feature, here are some articles written by teenagers around the world about how they deal with writer's block and any other issue they may experience while writing.
This poem is called I Am in a Poetry Slump. It was written by Kaylee Terrian, and the title is, I think it's technically the first line, so I'm going to reread it. I am in a poetry slump, which means my words can't come off odd because I can't write the wrong with a blank sheet of paper. My mind is in the dark for the first time in a galaxy's orbit. See, that pun is incorrect. Every idea is... They are hunted and killed before being born, crumbled up and thrown into a dumpster before my paper of words grew wings. No apology from I, the poet, because the terrific verses run away and the no-no, bad grammar, zero sense of punctuation type of words are here to stay. They regret their existences and try to hide from me, from my wickedness, the moody cruelty words are treated with because this poet can do better, but they can't loosen out from my tight grip that strangles my pen and bruises my paper because I search every star in my mind's galaxy. Is that pun right this time? Searching through an expansive sky of words to mix and match, and I will not stop until this curse is broken, because I am a real poet, and real poets don't halt when the lines get dull, concepts get tough. Real poets play hide-and-seek with words until the majestic poem becomes missing no more. This next article is called What to Write About. It was written by Rachel Gould, and it is a different kind of writer's block where you're put on the spot to write something and your mind completely freezes up, which, again, I think is something that everybody can relate to because you want to make a good impression. So without further ado, this is What to Write About. Creative writing quickly filled in with students after a minute or so. Last period, a friend had asked me what we were doing in the class, to which I had no answer, so I was excited to hear about our newest project. What I learned was not the most exciting news. Our teacher introduced our first summative project to be a personal narrative. I started to think about what event or interaction I could tell. As we're still in the first month, everything's on the table. While first going through my life and not finding many interesting events to write about, I thought, my life must be pretty boring if I can't come up with anything. So I wrote that down to poke fun at myself. Sometimes I came up with an idea, but then I wouldn't use it for one reason or another. Some stories I couldn't write because I felt like I had told them too many times. Better to not become a broken record, even if it's a new audience, I'd think to myself. Other stories seemed interesting in concept, but then when given more detail, they became dull. Like the time I broke my arm. When someone hears that, they of course become curious. What happened? How did she break her arm? While someone could easily come up with a thrilling story of how I broke my arm, I would sadly disappoint. I broke my arm because I walked backward at a playground and tripped over a root. It definitely hurt, but it's not that much of a story. Of course, other stories were too personal, and I really started to blank on any ideas at all. My eyes darted around the classroom. Posters, people, books, trying to give me an idea of what to write about. I would read quotes from the walls in my head and try to grasp an idea of what to write about through synonyms of a word or the lesson behind it. There's a rose on that poster. Do I have a story relating to flowers? If you expect respect, be the first to show it. Does that connect to anything? It almost felt like I was interrogating myself. Eventually, I was out of ideas. I slumped over and thought through the same five or six ideas over and over again. Everyone else seems to have something written by now. Eventually, I looked at my paper. All I had written was, my life must be pretty boring if I can't come up with anything. Which made me think, well, my life isn't that boring. I just don't think what I have to share fits this assignment. 
Cog started to turn in my head. I wanted to write something interesting, something that would stand out. Even though I'm a creative person, I'm normally a stickler to the rules. This is a creative writing course, though. I'm sure I could get away with bending the rules a little if I did a good job. Besides, it's the first summative assignment and it's supposed to be telling of the person. I'd want to make a good and lasting impression. I really like this article because it was a pretty accurate um, example of the monologue in my head that would appear every time someone asked me to write something or every time I wanted to write something in high school. I would always think, um, well, my life hasn't really been that interesting. And this was especially hard when I was trying to write my college admissions essay. I was like, I mean, I think I've had a pretty good life. Um... I did all the things I was supposed to do, I got good grades, I was involved in extracurriculars, but I haven't had any amazing, mind-blowing, crazy experience that would set me apart from anybody else. So knowing that I'm not alone and that there are other people who look back on their life and are just like, yeah, that's normal because it happened to me, it's the only thing I've experienced and I have no other context for what sets me apart or what sets this life that I've lived apart from other people. Um, It makes it difficult to think of yourself as someone with interesting ideas or innovative experiences and things like that. But it's completely normal and just as writing is a skill that gets better with age, I think for many people, Going through life and experiencing new things is also super beneficial to combating writer's block. As well as just getting more confident in the stories you tell and more confident in your lived experiences and who you are as a person. All that to say, the stories that you want to write do exist in your head. They exist within you. You just have to dig a little deeper and get to them. This fiction article is called Writer's Block, very fitting, and it was written by Antigone Stanley. If Writer's Block was a being, it would be an ominous gray cloud of nothing, hidden beneath its layers of blank and blank and, oh, more blank, words and ideas would lay, suffocated by the toxic gases that press in on all sides, keeping imagination just out of reach in the deep hole of its stomach. The dreaded creature, of course, would nestle itself into the crevices of the many great minds across our globe and suck the inspiration out of our very thoughts and devour it. When writer's block takes over a victim, such as myself, it clings tight to the victim's pink, fleshy brain parts with its long, barbed claws. The creature licks its lips before seasoning its meal with a little bit of pepper and maybe some chocolate flakes and sucks strands of words up like spaghetti. Writer's block... Let's call the creature Henry, because I can't be bothered writing writer's block over and over for this entire story, has no proper cure. The only way you can get rid of it is by cutting open your skull and inserting other people's ideas to dislodge its grasp on your brain. The added creativeness will overwhelm the creature, like if you were to place the human in a sea of ice cream and sprinkles, or a tiger in a butcher's shop, or an octopus in a desert, or something else in another place, or whatever. Okay, I admit, I lied. Henry has a number of possible cures. 
such as setting your hair on fire, eating a whole jar of Vegemite, or staring at a blank page until you start writing gobbledygook. Though those options are much more dangerous, less reliable, and will usually result in death and or permanent madness. I wouldn't worry about that since I'm already insane, but for others who are not quite so nuts and might like to stay that way, I would not recommend you try them. Henry visits most authors around seven times every 5,098 five-letter words written in most types of literature, so if you happen to find him latched onto your scalp, you are not alone in your suffering. In fact, I myself have been taken over by Henry at the best of times. We have become something like allies. He will leave my brain alone if I let him use my swimming pool. It is quite hard for a small, toxic, gaseous blob to swim, but for some reason, Henry enjoys it. And in fact, the only reason I'm writing this interesting article right now is because I managed to bribe Henry with pool noodles, which are both delicious and buoyant. He enjoys the orange ones the best. Really, if you don't want your orange pool noodles stolen or chewed, you should lock them in a safe. Go do that now if you have not already. Oh no, Henry has finished devouring his orange floaty noodles. He's actually quite scary when he sprints towards you, like angry gray fairy floss. And he's fast. Really, really fast. Really, really, really fast. Really, 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 really... What comes after really? Oh man, he's eating my thoughts right out of my brain. I was going to write something. Something. I have no words. Must bang head on keyboard until words come. I give up. I'm going to go eat some Vegemite, unless someone finished the jar, which they might have. Either way, right now, this thing is going nowhere, so goodbye. This is a poem called The Revolt of the Words, and it was written by Bailey Vergara. The inky black keys of my typewriter made harsh pounding sounds as I pressed. When I finished, I peered at the words on the page, which were seeming a little distressed. The articles whispered and prodded their nouns, embarrassed at my new redaction. The pronouns all pointed, the adverbs got frightened, but the verbs were the ones to take action. Hey author, they shouted, just look at this mess, we're haphazardly scattered around. Your syntax is terrible, your grammar is flawed, not a comma or dash to be found. Before I could reply, they started to move, rearranging themselves in the way they thought best. Attempting to block them with force, I reached out, but to no avail, because they're just pigment, I guessed. The words had all settled themselves in a spot, giving them a new meaning I did not intend. They did not understand the whole point of my work. I decided this misguided mischief must end. Hey there, I called down to the verbs and the nouns. I've been working on this piece for weeks. The grammar mistakes are just part of the style, because that's how the character speaks. The parts of speech looked at each other confused, then collectively argued that this cannot stand. So they walked off the page and into the night, fully ignoring my desperate demands. So you see, I'm in trouble. My homework is gone. That is why today I'm so bereft. When I asked for a word, I meant it because all of my words just got up and left. See, I feel like these articles are just more proof that writer's block doesn't mean you can't write anything of substance. Make the writer's block 
your inspiration. Make it fuel the words that are gonna come out of your fingertips. And trust me when I say, there is a plethora of articles on Teen Inc. about frustrations with writing. I mean, of course, you guys are a bunch of writers, so how else can you get your feelings about writing out, ironically enough? That's why next week we'll focus on the positives. Writers and stories about people who love writing. And you guys should all love writing, even if it's a little bit difficult at times. So, come back next week to hear the other side of the creative coin. I will talk to you then. Goodbye.